0: this is the Charisma Connection. Thank you for joining us. This is Steve Green, and live in the studio with us now is Pastor Stephen Curry from the Calvary Church in Jerusalem. Welcome, Pastor Curry. I'm really glad you're here.
1: Thank you, Dr. Green. It's good to be with you guys.
0: So what is it like to pastor a church in Jerusalem?
1: Um, it's very humbling. Uh, it's a sober reminder of what it felt like for the first church, apostles, and disciples in Christ, to be able to, to start a new movement, a movement that is real, movement that is life-changing, and a movement that saves the soul of every human being uh, on this earth.
0: How many people attend your church?
1: In Jerusalem, and on a physical setting, we have over 150 people. Uh, but throughout our community, on a weekly basis, we, re- we reached over 700 people throughout the community.
0: And I think most people who are watching or listening to us would like to know how much... Uh, Active persecution you're under as you try to preach? You know, it
1: depends. It's all set on the kind of outreaches that we do, how many outreaches we do, and, of course, on what we say during that particular month or week in that setting. Um, It starts all the way from getting a phone call, all the way to somebody saying something on Facebook, down to maybe even getting a a letter in the mail of a threat, all the way down to attacking our vehicles, uh, throwing rocks at the church, or even throwing a fire... At the entry of our church, so the scope is wide.
0: And you've personally been beaten to the ground.
1: I was, uh, but now at 16 years of age, I had the honor to be able to be attacked and physically beaten uh, for uh, sharing my faith and discipling a young Muslim who Mm -hmm. was hungry for the gospel.
0: So you're the son of a pastor. We like to call you all PKs, PKs here in America. Yeah. Do you use that phrase in Jerusalem? <laughs> no, no, not we so don't.
1: There's, there's only, only if, if we can count us on our fingers, so it's— uh, sure. we, 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 not too many of you. <laughs> no, although that that's, uh, if, if we knew that term, that's uh, probably the nicest, one of the mm-hmm. nicest we've ever been called. So.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so with all that you've been through and watched your father be persecuted and your family endure hardships, what brought you to minister and follow in his footsteps?
1: I tell people, I entered the ministry out of jealousy for my father. You know, 2 3 a.m. in the morning, people would come into our doors to, you know, they got kicked out of their homes uh, or even then having a, a, a physical problem, mental problem or a spiritual problem, you know, a financial problem. Um, you know, 2 3 hours in the morning, 5 a.m., 6 a.m., as the sun is going, is coming up, I would see them walk out of our door smiling and laughing. And I, I told myself, I want to do that. I want to put smiles on people's faces. I want to give people hope. I want to give people joy. And uh, that got me to the ministry, so out of jealousy for my father in a good way.
0: There are probably not that many folks here in America that wouldn't say the same thing, especially our PKs that are here or even those who are just very familiar with a pastor's role would probably say similar motives probably brought them, as well as the call. Yeah, I agree. You know, you probably felt an immense call on your life as yeah. well.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's uh, all that I shared, my physical experiences, um, you know, what I saw, what I sensed, what I felt, um, all was based on the concept that the calling was there. And it the calling came to manifestation out of um, stories and out of incidents. And out, like I said, I was just positive, yes. positive uh, jealousy from my father.
0: So you're pastoring in Jerusalem in 2015. How do you feel the apostles would react to what they see? If they were standing next to you, what shock and surprise would they have in what they see in Jerusalem today?
1: You know, I tell people, you take out the modern buildings, the modern technology, you know, vehicles and other things exist. I don't think they'll be shocked because the same commitment... The same mindset, the same ideology, the same spirit of religion still exists today, two thousand years later. And Jerusalem back then, and you see it in Acts two. There's many people from many different cultures, many different language, many different uh, countries around Israel, the Holy Land, were in Jerusalem during Acts two. I believe the today Jerusalem still is that city where it's a melting pot for international world. The same commitment to die for their religion, or to, I call them the religion of the spirit of the religion, spirit of tradition. It's still there, it's still exist I don't think I don't think they'll be shocked as much and I think they'll be just as committed as they were 2,000 years ago to tell the message of Jesus Christ
0: and what he did on Calvary's cross. So you minister often in the United States, you minister in various churches throughout our country. Do you see a differing commitment here than you see in Jerusalem?
1: I think the understanding of the scriptures in the West and America, I think it's built on a safe, covered environment. When the scripture was laid down throughout the disciples and apostles in the first century church, the geographical location was different, the culture was different, the people's minds were different, the ideology and philosophies of human beings were different. So I think, yes, I believe the Christianity in America is a safeguarded Christianity. Where I've I've talked about this on a regular basis, that um, loving your neighbor in America is a lot different. Uh, or loving your enemy in the West is a lot different than what the context were that I would have in Israel, or the context that Jesus Christ would have had when he inspired the disciples and the apostles to write the scriptures two thousand years ago. In the West, the enemy is uh, somebody that might have taken you to court or something, or an enemy is somebody that might have um, you know said something about you on Facebook. You know that's your enemy, um, or somebody that probably parked on your grass and your grass turned yellow that for, in, in that specific spot in your in your in your front yard, or yeah, that's. It's, it's, it's a, the connotation to enemy is a lot different. Where in the Middle East or in Israel, your enemy is somebody that that, that stabbed your brother. Your enemy is somebody that uh, that shot shot at you the day before, or somebody that uh, that forcefully took your property from you and is living in your own property. So, um, or somebody that killed you, somebody that shot at you, or somebody that that's, that you know sends you death threats on a daily. That so the connotation is different. And loving that person a lot different than loving somebody, like a, you know some of the examples I gave about enemy in the connotation in the Western context. So, what what that does is that helps Christians understand the concept that when when the Scripture was written, it was written to an extreme mentality and philosophy, and that's because I believe God wants us to live to an extreme. He wants us to live in extreme faith, extreme life, extreme love, extreme in everything. Of course, again, uh, when I say extreme, it's different. Uh, it comes different context than than a Western extreme as well. So it's well, commitment,
0: absolutely, and commitment is much differently defined here in the united states
1: it really is it it is
0: well we're going to take a break and just after this word from our sponsor we'll come back with pastor curry and we'll speak specifically about some of the messages he's preaching in his church his book and then some of the things that he's feeling as a part of a persecuted church just after this word from our sponsor this podcast is brought to you by the jesus image ministry the jesus conference is a rare and historic event hosted by Michael and Jessica Koulianos of Jesus Image. Join Reinhard Bonnke, Benny Hinn, Heidi Baker, Michael Koulianos, Daniel Kalinda, and many more for this historic gathering in Orlando, Florida. Many voices and many generations will be lifting up the name of Jesus. Join us for a time of encountering Jesus. You'll never be the same. To register, all you need to do is visit jesusimage.tv. Again, visit that website jesusimage.tv. Would you do that today and support Michael Koulianos, a sponsor of this podcast? We're back with Pastor Stephen Curry. Welcome back. I'm glad you're with us here on Charisma Connection. Pastor Curry is a pastor of of Calvary Church in Jerusalem. And sir, uh, give us an idea of what you might preach when you get home. What are you thinking about these days?
1: What, what we focus on is life living out the scripture rather than just knowing the scripture in your mind mm-hmm. we teach them to live out the scriptures to be a Jesus to the Jesusless to be hope to the hopeless to be grace to the graceless and that is what we try to to you know, we try to be fathers to them we try to be brothers because many of them brother they give up a lot and some of them get disowned by their friends some of them get disowned by their family some of them get disowned by their closest peers yes we become Sometimes they're closest to everything. So from the pulpit or, or, or as we spend time, it's a very relationship-oriented faith in Jerusalem. You have to be, it's, it's, it's relationship. So we try to teach them to live out the Scripture rather than just knowing the Scriptures in their minds.
0: Mm-hmm. And you're um, currently teaching on end times, is that right?
1: We're we focusing on several things. What, Jesus, what did Jesus say when he, in the Gospel of John when he said they will persecute you because they have persecuted me before you. What is he saying? Uh, we talk about the concept of blessed are you if you're persecuted. These are some of the things that we talk about. The other philosophies or the other Bible teachings we teach on is the concept of you know, revelations. What does it mean when Jesus Christ talks about the seven, the seven churches, the church of Ephesians and Ephesians and Smyrna. So we we talk about these teachings and philosophies within the Bible. Whether well, that does, it becomes a life application.
0: Yes, you had mentioned in another interview about the one, two, three, four, five of end times. Would you tell us about how you feel about that? This was your words. Yes. The one,
1: two, three, four, five is the concept of giving Bible information rather than Bible application. Okay, and that's what I challenge today, pastors, uh, those that are listening, and and then churches and conferences that have the privilege to teach at in America. When I am in America, because I'm I'm ninety percent of my time I'm in Israel. Minus the last couple years, I've spent a little bit more time in America. Uh, But what I challenge pastors is to go beyond just giving one, two, three knowledge because the one, two, three facts are things today people. Can download within five minutes off of a nice uh, Christian uh, good website. You know, yes. some, of, some of these amazing websites that that have Bible teaching commentaries. But what people need, they need a father. Yes. They need a mother. They need mm-hmm. to take the Bible, to take the one, two, three, four, five within the facts that are taught from the scriptures or facts that are taught from the pulpit and make them life applicable. If, to be a father to those that know no father, to be a mother to those that have no mother, because that is the generation that we have today, whether it be in the West. And, and it, back in the days, when you talk about a generation, a, a person would be speaking from the context of within their own town, county, and state and country. But now because of media and social media, internet, when somebody says our generation, it's no longer just within the context of one geographical location. It's globally. And what, what one pastor can say in Texas or in Florida can affect the world and can affect. So let's not see the, the, the level of our effect. Let's not see it through the eyes of 20, 30 years ago. Let's go beyond that and see ourselves as we are able today to make a life application difference in people's lives.
0: You've recently uh, finished a book called In the Backyard of Jesus. Tell us just a little bit about that book
1: sure it's um I tell people it's god's story it's my second story my second book uh, his story through our life and what it does it, it encourages pastors to live boldly it encourages pastors to not be diplomatic in their faith you know it, it's it's okay to disagree with people it's okay to have different opinions on things but to be bold in standing your ground and telling people this is what my bible said this is what i believe even if it costs me my life my family my popularity i'm going to take a stand for the gospel regardless of the cost that it happens and i challenge them to do that through life application, through stories. And in every story that I shared the other day, I was uh, somebody was telling me this. They read my book three times already. And say Pastor, what I realize about the stories that you share, in every single story, you always see overcoming, you always see winning and it seems, like it, basically I can summarize that we always come out on the winning
0: end. That's the promise. And that's the promise. Yes. And, and and
1: it's I've never saw it that way and this person read it three times said Pastor in every story you see overcoming you see us coming out on the winning end.
0: That's amazing. We can find that book at your own personal website holylandmissions.org. Yes. holylandmissions.org and I would encourage our listeners to support this great ministry and Pastor Stephen Curry. His book is In the Backyard of Jesus. Just after this word from our sponsors is the highlight of this interview, we're going to talk about a new movement, Save the Jerusalem Church Campaign. Save the Jerusalem Church Campaign. Just after this word from our sponsor, please don't go away. Come back and listen to this from Pastor Curry. This podcast is brought to you by Operation Blessing International. Operation Blessing International is one of the largest charities in America. They provide strategic relief in 27 countries through core programs of hunger relief, medical aid, safe water, and vulnerable children care. One of their innovative agricultural programs uses raised beds, drip irrigation, and home-brewed organic fertilizer. It provides nutritious veggies for hungry villagers and also gives the families extra produce that they can sell at market. To learn more about this space-saving farming technique, that's helping feed the poor, would you please go visit ob.org backslash farming. Here it is again, ob.org backslash farming. Thank you, Operation Blessing International, for sponsoring this program. We're back with Pastor Stephen Curry here at the Charisma Podcast Network. And again, we're very excited to be talking with you and hearing about your mission. And I know that You're currently on fire for the uh, Save the Jerusalem Church campaign. Would you tell our listeners about it? Sure,
1: Brother. Um, I had the privilege to talk about this uh, as, as well earlier this year with Brother Troy as well what it is it's in the last 16 years starting from my uncle George who was he was a man that uh, didn't like a lot of people and a lot of people didn't like him e- either um, but Jesus Christ changed his life and he had a vision he uncle George my dad's oldest brother he had a vision to start to help start a church in Jerusalem because of what the gospel did for his life in a 3-day conference in the sea of Galilee so we came back to Jerusalem he helped us start Calvary this is in the 90s um, and that Calvary church was shut down shortly after he was beaten to death and martyred for laying down his life for his neighbor. Um, something that he had nothing uh, physically or person to do with. His neighbor came knocking, his blind elderly neighbor came knocking on his door asking for help and protection. Uncle George let him into his home for protection and went outside to sort of in some ways to talk to those people but in some ways also to take his spot. That led Uncle George to be beaten with a pipe uh, on his head over metal pipes over and over and over again until Uncle George lost his life that day and one verse that he loves to talk about was if any man if any man lays down his life will will gain it if any man keeps his soul his life will lose it long story short brother that church that we started was shut down in 2004 July 6th I came back and I restarted Calvary Church with the vision of continuing Uncle George's dream and vision he would always say Steve be a lighthouse, be a lighthouse to the community. So two, within two years, we attacked and vandalized. Church vehicles uh, attacked, rocks they, they threw at the glass windows. So uh, they, they realized that that's not working. We're not leaving. But they found our weak spot. Our weak spot is we're always under the mercy of landlords. They pushed us out to the landlord. They'll go to the landlord and tell me if they don't kick us out, they're going to burn the building down. We moved to another property. We were there for about five and a half, six years, all the way until November of 2014, which is less than a year ago. We were there, um, and they pressured the landlords. But even while we were there, they threw rocks and stones and Molotov bombs, and you name it, they, they, even, even death threats. That did not work. They found our weak spot, brother, and our weak spot is that we were always under the mercy of landlords. They would go to the landlord, and they would say, if you don't, kick, they don't kick us out. They're going to burn the building. We became high-risk tenants in Jerusalem. Uh, so we realized that renting is a Band-Aid solution. We are the only evangelical church in that part of Jerusalem. And to close this specific story, Brother Green, um, today we've made the decision that since ban- renting is a Band-Aid solution, we made the decision that we are going to uh, purchase our own property and to put a stake in the ground, to let the yes. community know that we are there for good, we are there for for eternity. The Bible says in Mark 14 and 16, we Jesus says, I will build my church in Matthew 16 and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And today that is what we're campaigning for. Asking challenging Christians to stand beside us to help us save this Jerusalem church campaign of purchasing this property that we found. A person is, uh, we tell people, crazy and willing enough to sell to us. Uh, and this is the campaign that we're having is to raise uh, this enough resources to be able to purchase to Save the Jerusalem church campaign. The only Bible-believing, Israel-loving, Jewish-loving, and Arab-loving, Muslim-loving church in that part of East Jerusalem. We're the only only church in that part of that community.
0: So what is the purpose of the campaign? Are you raising money to build a church? Is that it, basically?
1: We're we're raising three awarenesses. One, we're raising more prayer uh, awareness for Jerusalem. And and when you pray for Jerusalem, you're not praying for political. I think that's a misconception that many people have. When you pray for Jerusalem, many people immediately think of praying for political peace. But when Jesus Christ says, pray for the peace of Jerusalem, they shall prosper, they're blessed, they're talking about the peace of the heart, investing in Jerusalem in a spiritual level. The second thing we're raising is awareness for people to come to walk the streets of Jerusalem, because when you walk the streets of Jerusalem, you're reviving Christianity, because you're letting the Christians know they're not forgotten, they're not alone. And you're telling the lesser of the community to know that Christianity is not abandoned. We Christians around the world are standing with the Holy City of Jerusalem, the same place where all started. And the third thing, all we're doing, Dr. Green, is we're reliving what Paul did in First Corinthians and part of First Corinthians and, and part of Romans. Paul traveled around the communities to Rome and in Corinth, and he raised resources to help to support the believing persecuted church in Jerusalem. The funny part about it is I'm sitting right in front of you right now. Doing this all over again, two thousand years later, uh, raising awareness and prayer and support, financial support for the believers in Jerusalem. This is biblical, and the funny part about this all is that uh, Paul would also write and say, "You know, find me a place to hang my cloak and get my writings ready." and And yesterday, I uh, I made a call to somebody within your organization to get my to get some of the books ready, get some of the magazines ready. This is what Paul said when he would write his write his disciples and ask them to prepare the writings, and find a place to hang his cloak, meaning a bed to sleep on. So that's um, we're doing this all over again, and this is what we're campaigning for, is help us to be able to purchase this property in Jerusalem, to be the multi-purpose worship center, a leadership training center, Bible college center, um, a evangelism training center, and a place for people like you and others, Doc, those who are listening, can come to, to spend time in Jerusalem in a, in a Christian atmosphere Amen. to learn the Bible.
0: So is there a way to get connected with you in this campaign?
1: Yes, yeah. People can get on our website, uh, holdingadmissions.org that same website. We are 501c3 in America. And we are an extension of pastors that are listening, churches are getting involved, they're praying, they're going above and beyond to come behind us to help us save this Jerusalem church campaign. So people can get on the website, they can support, they can pray, they can give on the website today to, by the end of this year, our vision, our goal is to be able to uh, to make a payment on that building to move in and to be the lighthouse that we're meant to be.
0: Well, I pray that our listeners will catch this vision and this heart that you have uh, to grow right there. where We've seen this before, as you said, throughout the Bible. You know, I can't end this interview without us speaking a little bit about the types of bombs and Molotov cocktails that hit churches in America. They're much different. I remember interviewing Pastor Shaddy Solomon about persecution when he reminded us that the worst bombs that we face are the bombs of the Super Bowl and sports and activities and anything that would take us out of our church on a church morning. How do you equate the type of commitment that you see in Jerusalem with the lackadaisical attendance even that we have in America to churches, that we can be so easily distracted to not even attend church.
1: You know, Dr. Green, I, I have a mixed emotions about what you just spoke about. And here's what, what my mixed emotions are. People in America have paid a big price. People like yourself and other young men who who have served in the military, have served in the army, um, who have even lost loved ones in, in, in the military, to fight what America has stood up for. People have paid a big price for it. The world envies you for what you have. And because of the world can't have what you have, the only thing they know how to do is to destroy what you possess. Although within that realm of fighting for freedom and fighting for the right to stand up, the fighting for the fighting for the, the right to get up in the morning and and to be able to say, I'm a free person. I have the potential to be whatever I can be, whatever my my skills and my calling is, to put it to, to manifestation. But what I believe that also has become your own worst enemies. And I I, I tell people, we are human beings. By default, we are our own worst enemies. So uh, this links to what you just said in the concept of, you know, the Molotov cocktail bombs within the the U.S. church culture, whether it be uh, money and wealth and possessions and sports and freedom. Again, I, I tell people I have to be very careful because I really believe people paid a big price for all this. But have we made it our own self-destructive countdown time clock. I believe we have. We, uh, we've allowed it to be our, our countdown time clock. And I hope that this is a wake-up call to Christians in America to don't give up freedom because others are, are taking it from you. Don't give up your right to be a free person to worship God because others are trying to take it from you. Don't give up the right to be able to love sports because others are taking that from you. But the problem is, do not allow that to be your self-destructive countdown time clock because we're getting there. We're already going down that path. There's a documentary, and maybe maybe next time we'll talk more about it. This documentary is where a lady travels throughout the 50-plus states in America. She goes to all the capital states And she asks people, why do you want to become a U.S. citizen? The funny part about this is that the majority of the people in this 50, 60-minute documentary, the majority are people from Middle Eastern backgrounds. The question is, why do you want to leave your own country, leave your own country, denounce your own passport to become a U.S. citizen? I transcribed their response verbatim. I transcribed it every single documentary, every single question, every single response. The more I started to count down and to move down my line of their response, these are Middle Easterners, their response was, I'm attracted to the love in America. Mm -hmm. I'm attracted to the care in America, in Americans. I'm attracted to the freedom in, in, in American culture. I'm attracted to the charity, the honesty, the integrity. And the more I started to transcribe these, I started to realize they're attracted to the fruits of the Spirit. Yes. But they just don't know that that's what it's called. Love, charity, peace, forgiveness, grace. They don't understand that that's those all these are biblical values. And the funny part about this is that same, they want to take away the Christian values from America, but those same values are the same values that attracted them to the America in the first place. And every time I talk to Middle Eastern, whether it be at airports or anywhere that are Muslim, I say, You're, what attracts you to America are their love, their integrity, their peace, their charity. Those are Christian values. Don't come, don't come to America and, and and expect them to change that. Of course, unfortunately, they link every American as a Christian, an atheist American down to down to an American that is living against the Bible. They consider every American a Christian. Now that's also a, pro- a problem as well because that is that is uh, factually that is not truthful either. But appreciate freedom, live it out, take 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 advantage of it in, in, in the best possible sense, and live out for God, regardless of whether you're pastor, an elder, a lay person, and the corporate world, the business world, be the best Christian you can be, be the best representation of Christ. And that's my challenge to every believer today.
0: Well, Pastor, that's a good word that will preach in any pulpit across America, across the world. Really good word from you. sir. just before we sign off, is there any last thing you'd like to say to our listeners uh, here on the Charisma Podcast Network?
1: You know, brother, I would love to. I would love to visit every church in America, but of course, we know time doesn't permit that. So I, I ask pastors uh, uh, to consider uh, opening doors for us to come in to maybe do a, a community outreach, to maybe find a good sized hall of a good sized congregation that would fit several people. Invite the community in on a Saturday. Invite 20, twenty, thirty pastors, twenty, thirty church in the community coming in on a Saturday to help you see what's coming in America. Help you understand the concept of boldness and, and courage. To help you to for what's coming I've always said this, that the persecution is coming to America uh, so I'm always challenging Christians my book does that but uh, but the Holy Spirit does that with, with or without my book the Holy Spirit does that to you but what the book does it helps you understand better the concept of suffering persecution and being bold for your faith so uh, I'd love to visit a lot of churches time doesn't fit so we're asking churches to is open up uh, the community you can send me an email today at uh, Stephen at holylandmissions.org you can visit the website write us through there would love to see how we can do community outreach to come in and to, and to, to challenge you to be bold for the gospel because persecution is coming to America.
0: Yes, Pastor. Thank you very much. You've been listening to Pastor Stephen Curry with Calvary Church in Jerusalem. Visit his website at holylandmissions.org. Do that. Find his book. Connect with him. Send him an email. Send him some love. And please support his great mission, Save the Jerusalem Church Campaign. Find that on his website. This is the Charisma Connection. Thank you again, Pastor Stephen Curry, for being with us. This is Steve Green. God bless you. This has been a production of the Charisma Podcast Network. Steve and Joyce Strang are the founders and owners of CPN. Dr. Steve Green is the executive producer of the Charisma Podcast Network.